In Holland, there is a placid city of beautiful flowers called Haarlem. When the Dutch established their American settlements in New Amsterdam, they named a village there Haarlem. The first Africans were brought to New Amsterdam in 1626. The English took over, New Amsterdam became New York, and most of Manhattan's black population worked and lived in the southern part of the island. For the next two and a half centuries, Harlem remained almost entirely white. But around 1900, things began to change. Middle-class black families began moving in, building churches, establishing the most affluent African-American community the United States had ever seen. And by the 1920s, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Holland anymore. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, music of the Harlem Renaissance, the great explosion of African-American community and creativity heard round the world in the jazz age. Harlem's first music star was Big Jim Europe. Noticing that black musicians were not organized to find work, James Reese Europe, Big Jim, started the Clef Club, a sort of booking agency, and the Clef Club Orchestra. According to Jervis Anderson's great book, This Was Harlem, the Clef Club Orchestra performed concerts with 125 musicians, including 50 mandolins, 30 harp guitars, 10 banjos, 20 violins, two organs, and 10 pianos. One saxophone, ten cellos, five clarinets, five flutes, five bass violins, three timpani. Imagine what it must have sounded like. The recording equipment of the day couldn't possibly handle it. Big Jim Europe was the band leader with Fernand and Irene Castle, the dancing couple that in the 19-teens made America dancing mad the country developed a passion for dancing in that era. Then Big Jim led the Hellfighters, the world-famous Negro army band that in World War I entertained the Allied troops and introduced jazz to the capitals of Europe. Unfortunately, Lieutenant James Reese Europe was stabbed to death by a deranged drummer and died in 1919 at the age of 40. Here's a recording the Hellfighters made in 1919 for the Pate label. What's the time? Nine? All in line? All right, boys, now take it slow. Are you ready? Eddie, a very good Eddie. Over the top, let's go. Quiet, quiet, else to start a riot. Keep your proper distance, follow along. Cover, mother, and when you see me hover, obey my orders and you won't go wrong. There's a minute buffer coming, look out. Hear that roar, there's one more. And fast, but that's a very light. Don't gasp for the find you all right. Don't start the bumming with those hand grenades. There's a machine gun, the holy space. Alert, gas, put on your mask. 
adjusted correct. Playing and hurry up fast. Drop, there's a rocket for the bike garage. Down on the ground, push your can, don't stand. Creep and crawl, follow me, that's all. What do you hear? Nothing near, don't fear, all clear. That's the life of a stroll when you take a patrol. Out in no man's land, ain't a grand. Out in no man's land. There's a million buffer coming, look out. Hear that roar, there's one more. And that's as a very light. Don't gasp for the find you all right. Don't start the bumming with those hand grenades. Then a machine gun, the holy space. Alert, gas, put on your mask. Adjust it correctly and hurry up fast. Drop, there's a rocket for the bus barrage. Down, hug the ground, close your can, don't stand. Creep and crawl, follow me, that's all. The boys! Go do it! Hey! Hey! Get them! Get them, boys! Get them! Stick them with the banner! What do you hear? Nothing near. Don't fear. All clear. That's the life of a soul when you take a patrol. Out in no man's land. Ain't it grand? Out in no man's land.
The first successful blues record, Mamie Smith, from 1920 with Crazy Blues. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide and our musical tour through Harlem in the 20s. Crazy Blues was a massive hit for OK Records and signaled the beginning of the blues craze. So many things came together in the 20s. The beginning of commercial broadcasting, the beginning of jazz recording, prohibition, an economic boom that ended with the Depression, and talking pictures. Here's a star who came up in that period with her first successful recording. She was singing and dancing at a Harlem joint called The Bucket of Blood when Fletcher Henderson discovered her in 1921. That same year, they recorded this. On the first Negro-owned record company, Black Swan, here is Ethel Waters and Down Home Blues.
a very successful Harlem musician who recorded more than 500 sides, pianist, organist, composer Fats Waller. His hard-drinking all-day, all-night jam sessions were legendary. That side was called Numb Fumbling. Before that, born in Harlem in 1890, Fats Waller's mentor, stride pianist James P. Johnson. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide's visit to Harlem in the 20s, Piano Player Haven. Piano players found plenty of work in that Harlem social institution, the Rent Party, also known as Parlor Socials, Jumps or Struts. These parties went on every night in private homes. People would print up invitations and charge admission at the door. Inside, bathtub gin, lots of food, red lights, and dancing, dancing, dancing. They did the black bottom, the shimmy, and that dance from down south, the Charleston. The piano player might be Claude Hopkins, UB Blake, even Duke Ellington, or Willie the Lion Smith. Here is Willie the Lion, as captured in 1927 with Rock Jenny Rock. Ha 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 ha! 
Williams, pianist, songwriter, publishing executive, and band leader, strangely unknown today, but a major figure of jazz in the 20s. That was Boodle Am from 1926. Before that, Willie the Lion Smith on Afrobop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Georges Collinet here. Fletcher Henderson, piano player from Georgia, came to New York in the summer of 1920 to pursue a degree in chemistry at Columbia University. He took a job at the music publishing house of Harry Pace and W.C. Handy. Plunged into the vortex of New York music, young Fletcher Henderson forgot all about chemistry. In 1921, Harry Pace went out on his own to form Black Swan Records, and Henderson came along as music director. In 1923, Anderson launched his big band. His musical standards were higher than those of many other bands, and the talent that worked with the band is beyond awesome. He hired away New Orleans sensation Louis Armstrong from Kid Ory's band in Chicago. He featured the man who practically invented the jazz tenor saxophone, Coleman Hawkins. Fat Swaller was frequently present, and there was arranger-composer Reedman Don Redman. You'll hear Coleman Hawkins soloing on this arrangement by Don Redman of a tune co-written by Fats Waller. Named for band leader Paul Whiteman, this is the Whiteman Stomp by the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra.
No one talking all by myself. No one walking. I'm happy on the show, babe. Ain't misbehaving. Saving my love. I'm love you. Really, them love you. I know it's saying, one I love. Through it flooding. You that I'm thinking of. Ain't misbehaving. Saving my love. Oh, baby, my love for you. Jackie Horner, in no corner. Don't go nowhere. And I don't care. All your kisses weren't waiting for me. Donald, Donald, daddy. I don't see outlay. Don't care to go. I'm home about it. Me and my radio, babe. Ain't misbehaving. Saving all my love for you. The unmistakable voice of Louis Armstrong in 1929 singing Fats Waller's best-known tune, Ain't Misbehaving, from the theatrical review Hot Chocolates. More to come, don't go away. I'm Georges Collinet. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Back to Harlem. The term Harlem Renaissance really applies to a literary movement, the movement that included Langston Hughes, County Cullen, Claude McKay, Zora Neale Hurston. You can't do justice to these people's works in a few moments of radio, but I thought I'd read you a poem by Langston Hughes from a collection published in 1926. Droning a drowsy syncopated tune, Rocking back and forth to a mellow croon, I heard a negro play. Down on Lennox Avenue the other night, By the pale, dull pallor of an old gaslight, He did the lazy sway, he did the lazy sway, To the tune of those weary blues. With his ebony hands on each ivory key, He made that poor piano moan with melody. Oh, blues! Swaying to and fro on his rickety stool, he played that sad, raggy tune like a musical fool, 
sweet blues coming from a black man's soul. Oh, blues. In a deep voice with a melancholy tone, I heard that Negro sing that old piano moan. Ain't got nobody in all this world. Ain't got nobody but myself. I's going to quit my frowning and put my troubles on the shelf. Thump, thump, thump went his foot on the floor. He played a few chords, then he sang some more. I got the weary blues, and I can't be satisfied. I ain't happy no more, and I wish that I'd died. And far into the night he crooned that tune. The stars went out, and so did the moon. The singer stopped playing and went to bed, while the weary blues echoed through his head. He slept like a rock, or a man that's dead.
Panamanian-born bandleader Louis Russell, who arrived in Harlem in 1927 with his recording New Call of the Freaks. Georges Collinet here on Afropop Worldwide. In the 20s, the Caribbean influence in New York was being felt in society and the arts. The greatest groups in Cuba were coming up to New York by steamship to record. Calypso was beginning to be heard. In Harlem, young Orson Welles staged a voodoo version of Macbeth with a cast of Haitian drummers. And the Jamaican-born Marcus Garvey was building a mass movement in Harlem based on the principle of black uplift through self-reliance. With great pomp and ceremony, he declared an international Negro nation with himself as provisional president-general and gave his followers titles like Duke of Uganda. And he raised $200,000 by selling shares in his Black Star steamship line, most of the money coming in small amounts from poor people. A racial separatist, he despised and was largely despised by the African-American middle class. When Garvey attended the June 1922 summit meeting of the white separatist Ku Klux Klan, his reputation suffered severely. His Black Star Line was a financial mess, and in 1925, Garvey was sent to prison on charges of mail fraud, stemming from his sale of shares, but he remained a hero to many. Another movement that was running through American society at the time was a grassroots popularity of communism. Don't forget, Russia's Bolshevik Revolution of 1917 was still hot news. One of the key figures of the Harlem Renaissance was a Jamaican-born poet, Claude McKay, who was an editor at a magazine called The Liberator. Claude McKay, in 1922, raised the money to go to the Soviet Union and began a long period of life as an expatriate. That same year, he published a collection called Harlem Shadows. I'll read you one poem. I hear the halting footsteps of a lass in Negro Harlem when the night lets fall its veil. I see the shapes of girls who pass to bend and barter at desire's call. Ah, little dark girls who in slippered feet go prowling through the night from street to street. Through the long night until the silver break of day, the little gray feet know no rest. Through the long night until the last snowflake has dropped from heaven upon the earth's white breast. The dusky, half-clad girls of tired feet are trudging, thinly shod, from street to street. Ah, stern, harsh world, that in the wretched way of poverty, dishonor, and disgrace has pushed the timid little feet of clay, the sacred brown feet of my fallen race. Ah, heart of me, the weary, weary feet in Harlem wandering from street to street. Thank you. 
behalf of Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International, affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Part of Harlem's popularity stemmed from the fact that it was effectively wide open for drinking. And during Prohibition, many Americans made a great sport out of drinking illegally. The crime syndicates that grew fat on this action had their piece of Harlem too. You may have heard of the Cotton Club, a mob joint where the entertainers were black but where, at its peak, only whites could enter. There were many places in Harlem that were known for music, Small's Paradise, Connie's Inn, Tilly's Inn, Pods and Jerry's, many more. But the Cotton Club was the most famous, though off-limits to most of Harlem's residents. The Cotton Club had a very swanky review, and for five years it was home to the Duke Ellington Orchestra, or as it was called then, the Jungle Band. Their weekly national radio broadcasts made them favorites all across the country. Ellington recorded hundreds of hours of music in his decades as a band leader, but I've picked one cut for you from this period that I just love, featuring a duet between scat singer Baby Cox and trumpeter Bobber Miley. Here's Hot and Bothered.
soul so fair Let her go, let her go, God bless her Wherever she may be She will search this world world over But she'll never find another sweet man like me Now when I die, bear me in my straight leg breeches Put on a box back coat and a studs and a hat Put a twenty dollar gold piece on my watch stand So you can let all the boys know I died standing fast Folks, now that you have heard my story Say, boy, hand me over another shot of that booze If anyone should ask you Tell them I got those St. James in a Perry Blue Cab Calloway, the band leader that took over from Ellington at the Cotton Club in 1931 with St. James Infirmary. Cab Calloway is remembered by many for appearing in several Betty Boop cartoons. And indeed, to many listeners, this music I've been playing may all seem like cartoon music. There's a reason for that. When the movies learned to talk in 1927 and animated cartoons acquired soundtracks, this was the hippest music around. Then the cartoons were rerun and rerun and rerun long after the music itself had disappeared from the airwaves. Once I lived a life of a millionaire in my money I didn't care I carried my friends out for a good time buying bootleg liquor, champagne and wine. The stock market crashed in 29, but Harlem survived, sort of. Many of Harlem's professional class lost their jobs, and the sale of illegal alcohol became more and more Harlem's commercial backbone. But then, when President Roosevelt ended prohibition in 1933 as his first act of the New Deal, that stopped too. 1933 saw the last recording session of that icon of the blues, Bessie Smith. At that session, she recorded one of her greatest tunes, one that evokes the rant parties of Harlem's heyday. Give me a pickfoot. Get 
Bessie Smith with Gimme a Pigfoot. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Ned Sublet. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Steven Erickson. Benning Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Sam Backer. And I'm Georges Collinet.
Public Radio International.